How's everyone doing this morning? Good, good. For those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Armani Crawford. Um, I'll be here for the summer. I'll be an intern, uh, and I'm super uh, excited about an opportunity uh, to just learn from Josh, uh, to learn from Kit. Um, and so I'm, I'm so thankful. Uh, about five years ago, um, at the back of the Firestone Fieldhouse, uh, which is on Pepperdine's campus, which is the school I attend, um, I walked into the Bible lectures, um, and there was a gentleman up front preaching, and he was uh, speaking uh, on the topic, no turning back. Um, and something happened in that message. Uh, I stood at the back of that gym, and there was something about this message that just grabbed my heart and didn't let go. Um, and to this day, that message still rings in my head, no turning back. Um, as a matter of fact, the guy who was preaching um, that sermon is a guy you guys know. His name is Josh Ross. Um, and I, at the time, I, I wasn't interested in ministry. I didn't see that as something that was for me. Um, but God, in his good plan, knew that five years down the road, I'd have an opportunity uh, to be in this very place, getting to learn from him, and also this morning getting a chance to speak uh, in his stead. So I'm excited uh, about this opportunity, and truly an honor and a privilege. I have one rule whenever I get an opportunity to speak. Uh, I call it the 5B approach. Uh, be brief, brother. Be brief. And, and so this morning, this morning I will be brief. Today will be a very brief, very brief message. Uh, very brief indeed. But if you would, just pray with me before we kind of jump in, uh, into the scriptures together. Uh, dear God, man, we're, we are thankful for this opportunity to gather together as believers. Um, Lord, as we strive to make much of your name. Um, we ask that you bless our efforts. Um, and Father, this morning as, as I speak, I ask that anything that's purely of me, or let that fall upon deaf ears, but anything that's of you, let that shine through. Uh, Father, I ask that you bless the gap between what I say and what is heard. Uh, it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Uh, the other day I was um, at the grocery store over in Lakeland, which is where I'm staying for the summer. Um, and it's uh, a, a poorly constructed place. Uh, there's not much parking, and so there were cars kind of all over the place. And there was actually one car that stopped, um, and he was kind of blocking a passageway. And so there was a car coming, and as it was on its way, it got to the car. It couldn't get through, so it had to stop. And in my mind, being from L.A., I thought for sure he's just going to lay on the horn, maybe shout a couple expletives, and the guy would move out of the way. Um, but what happened next, I didn't see coming. He unbuckled his seatbelt opened up the door, got out of his car, walked over to this gentleman, and asked politely if he could move. And this was something I had never seen before. I'm from L.A. I'm, I've been in L.A. for six years. That sort of thing just doesn't happen. And so I said, where, where, where am I? What is this place that you have brought me to, Lord? Um, there is just something different about different cultures. People go about the same things different ways. For example, where I live out in L.A., it's people love organic and vegan this and vegan that, and that's not me. And so out there, barbecue looks like lettuce and tofu with barbecue sauce on it. While here, it looks like ribs and pork nachos, pork and beans. I mean, just so many wonderful things. Um, there is something to be said about different cultures and going about the same things in different ways. See, but the beautiful thing about the mission of the church is that we have the most relevant message on earth. So regardless of the culture, 
regardless of the place God has put you in, the gospel is important and the gospel is relevant. In America, the gospel is relevant. In Panama, the gospel is relevant. In Memphis, the gospel is relevant. Where I'm from, in Rochester, New York, the gospel is relevant. We have the most relevant message on earth. And we call that gospel the good news. And there's this beautiful passage in Romans chapter 10. It's an absolutely wonderful passage. And it talks about this very thing. It starts off by saying this. It's on the screen. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, I could stop right there and take my seat, and that would be enough for us to worship. That would be enough for us to make much of the Lord's name this morning. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There's power just in the name of our Lord. But then it goes on. It says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard of him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. We're a church on a mission. God has given us good news, the most relevant message, and then he's sending us. And as this Sunday, as we talk about and think about what it means to be a church on a mission, as many of you are preparing to go on various mission trips, let this verse be an encouragement to you. You're not doing this thing by yourself. You have a God who is behind you, who is the one who is sending you. God thinks enough of us to allow us to be co-labors with him in kingdom work. He doesn't need our help, but he allows us to, and he gives us gift, gifts that will empower us to do that very thing. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I don't want you to stress I don't want you to worry because we have a God who is working through us, and he is the one who actually accomplishes salvation. The Bible says salvation belongs to our God, that faith is a gift so no one has anything to boast about. We get to be faithful and just plant seeds, and some of us will be the one who waters the seeds, but it's God who's going to make it grow. We have a God who, for all intents and purposes, is putting the team on his back. For any of you, how many of you have been watching the NBA Finals? There we go. Uh, How many of you are LeBron James fans? All right, this church needs a little bit more of the Holy Spirit, um, but that's okay. (laughs) We have a God who is constantly redeeming. Uh, I'm a huge LeBron James fan, so I obviously wasn't happy about what happened the other night. Um, But those of you who watch the game know that Sean Livingston, who was a bench player for the Golden State Warriors, came into the game, and he put the team on his back. I mean, basket after basket, and he won his team the game. See, but we have a God who does that very thing. He puts the team on his back, and he wins salvation for his people. We get to be beautiful role players on his team, but he's the coach He's the GM. He's the MVP. And so we don't have to worry because we have the best player in the universe on our team. 
See, Paul says it this way as he's writing to a little church in Corinthians. This is what he says. And he uses this example of him and his good friend Apollos. He says, after all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. You see, it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work, for we are both God's workers. So regardless of where you go this summer, remember that you are simply the bearers of these wonderful seeds, full of life. Now, some of you will be in places where maybe no one has ever heard the gospel before, and you'll be a seed planter, or maybe you've been in places where people have heard of the gospel, and they have heard of Jesus. You'll be the one who waters that seed, but please remember that God is the one who makes it grow. And I pray that's a warm blanket for your soul, that this thing doesn't depend on you. I'm so happy that it doesn't depend on me because I am a flawed and broken man who makes mistakes over and over again. Anything I do would have no power but for Jesus Christ himself. And in John chapter 14, it kind of gives a model of this team. And it's a beautiful passage. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me because I live. You also will live. And on that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. See, the beautiful thing about this passage is, number one, we must take note that Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's talking directly to his disciples, but this promise in this verse is extended to us in John chapter 17, because Jesus tells his disciples that all of these promises that I've given you just aren't for you, but also for future believers that will come to believe through your message. So Jesus actually prayed for you and I in the midst of his disciples and all of the promises he gave to them. He says, I'm going to give to those future believers as well, you and I. And it's, there's this beautiful thing where there's the Spirit of God, and that's within us, and we are within Jesus, and he is within God. So he is working from within us. He is working outside of us, all for his glory, to make much of his name. And it's a beautiful thing. And I'm reminded of Romans chapter 12, verse 1, which says, therefore, all of you, which is plural. It says, all of you, offer your bodies, plural, as a singular living sacrifice. Therefore, all of you offer your bodies as a living sacrifices. We all play a part in the mission of God. So whether your mission field this summer is in Panama, whether your mission field is right here in Memphis, whether your mission field is at your job, 
Rather, your mission field is within your own family. All of these promises remain true. All of these promises come from God. And so I just want to leave you, as I close, with three quick reminders. Number one, as you see on the screen, please know and believe that the Holy Spirit will help you. You don't have to run on your own power because you're going to burn out. And you may get discouraged. But trust that the Holy Spirit is going to help you. In Romans chapter 16, I'm sorry, not Romans, in John 16, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. He says it's going to guide you into all truth. It's going to reveal to you exactly what it hears from the Father. And it will also pray for you. So may that just be an encouragement that the Holy Spirit is going to be all in the midst of your work this summer. Number two, pray believing and expect God to answer. I found a lot of times in my life I would pray things, but I really wouldn't expect God to answer. Or sometimes I would pray and I wouldn't really believe. I want to encourage you to pray believing because you have a kind and compassionate God who is bending his ear to you at all times. Pray believing and expect answers, and I promise you will see them this summer. I can guarantee it. And last but not least, trust that all of his promises are true. God has given us so many promises throughout scriptures, but a lot of times I find myself doubting. Lord, are you really for me and not against? Are you really making all things new? Are you really drawing all men unto yourself? The Bible says that every single promise is true. I'm reminded of the verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, where it says, for no matter how many promises God has made, every single one is a yes in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on to say that I've given you the Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing all of my promises. And I want to give a, just a little bit of perspective about that. For me, when I uh, decided to go to grad school, uh, they came and said, we need you to put down a deposit just so we know that you're good for it, so we know that you actually are going to come. And, and the deposit was relatively small in comparison to the cost of school. You see, but in God's economy, that's completely switched around. The Bible says that he has given us his spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. It, it's like God giving us a million dollars to guarantee the pennies that we've been waiting for. You already have everything you need. In closing, I love the verse in Zephaniah, that 317 that says, that reminds us that God delights in us, and he sings songs over us. And maybe, just maybe, this morning, God's song for the Sycamore View Church is how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Let's go ahead and sing the song. If you would, let's stand together and let's sing it.